0: Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on AM 1000 in Orange and San Diego counties and on AM 930 in Los Angeles County. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral. Cathedral. Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick.
1: And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is one of our favorite guests and longtime friend, Daryl Sekara. Daryl, welcome back. Thank you for having me back, Rick. And Daryl has been involved with Catholic education for many years and also American history and American cultural Mm -hmm. history. And his background academically has been in that field. So when we have topics that come up that affect Catholics, that are also really a part of American culture, we will often call Daryl in. So, Gerald, thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with Not us. Not a
0: problem. My pleasure.
1: Before we begin, as you know, the normal drill that we go through, mm-hmm. would you please open us with a brief word of prayer?
0: Sure. As always, we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Heavenly Father, we just ask you to continue to bless our lives today. As we discuss these issues, continue to watch over your church, provide for it the things that we need, especially for our young people, Lord, who may be confused in this time, but they may turn to you for their inspiration. And as always, we ask these things in your son's holy name, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: We're going to talk a little bit about politics today, but before people run to the doors and screaming, <laughs> we're not going to talk about anything having to do with Washington, D.C. Yes. So all of the nonsense that's going on right now. Then there's out there, plenty of that
0: going on. We could
1: leave it at the Potomac. They, yes. they, could, they could deal with that. We've got enough going on here in California, yes. and I, as a Catholic in Southern California, we've watched a number of changes take place over the years. I know California voted originally uh, with Catholic support, uh, also a lot of Mormon support, yes. as recall, mm-hmm. Prop 22, to uh, not recognize same-sex marriage, and the Catholic Church was very specific about mm-hmm. why, and of course, that was then overturned in the courts, a California court originally, mm-hmm. and then the Supreme Court. But it was the the will of the people in general that they not move in that direction. They stay with the more traditional Christian understanding of Mm -hmm. what marriage would be. There was also a decision by California several times not to have euthanasia Mm -hmm. and that we should not be putting people to death and we should not be killing people who are disabled and we should not be killing people who are dying. And uh, we voted that down a number of times only to have it put through the legislature and then approved by the courts, mm-hmm. um, again, against the will of the people generally. Uh, we've had a number of these types of things happen. Now we've got this new bill that went through not long ago, and it had been voted down, actually been vetoed, vetoed by, the by former Br- Governor, Governor, Governor Brown. Brown to turn our California universities, the Cal State system and the UC system into facilities where abortions will take place. All right. It used to be, and I happened, you know, full disclosure, I'm currently involved with the tail end of a Ph.D. program at a UC school. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my doctoral dissertation on Tertullian, a nice yes, dead yes. person from 1,800 years ago. Um, but it's at, through a UC school. And uh, I have my health insurance, therefore, through the UC system. And I therefore also teach as a, as a teaching assistant coursework there and they have a very nice little facility there to go to in order to have your, if you have aches and pains or whatever you need sure, to go, yeah, to, you, you go the there, otherwise they'll refer you out. Mm-hmm. Now those clinics are going to have to start offering uh, chemical abortions and they're estimating that um because the governor Newsom has signed this bill we're going to have upwards of 500 abortions every month at the UC and Cal State schools aggregate every month from 2023 on. Mm-hmm. And it's striking to me as a Catholic that this is something that, again, our people didn't vote for. But nevertheless, the powers that be feel that we should have it anyway. So I wanted to ask you, oh, oh great and wise. <laughs> well, I'll uh, try American to that wisdom in there. Historian. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? Is is this just uh, a difference of political opinion, or do we really have something very fundamental happening in our society? As they say, as goes California, so goes the rest of the nation. Mm-hmm. Do we have something happening here in California that the rest of the nation needs to be worried about and that we here in California should be dealing with?
0: Yeah. No, Eric, I think you're hitting it on the head. Remember that our, our system of universities here in California were established for the higher education Of our citizens, you know, and it's interesting that if you make this available on a a Cal State or UC campus, uh, it's basically legitimizing it. So, you know, not that law determines our morality, but for a lot of people and we're seeing, you know, right, especially amongst young people who don't have a religious center for many of them. This is simply, well, if the Cal State and the UCs approve of it, and they've got medical uh, facilities on campus, you know, some of the great medical research facilities are founded in the UC system, and if they're providing this, well, then maybe it's morally okay. And I think that, that's the issue that we need to take a look at. Is this being a part now of our education, being sponsored by a university that's well known, especially the UC system, well known in the world, that this is promoting something that might be considered now as a positive good? And really, whether or not that's even the responsibility of a university to take care of, you know, my kids are in college. They have medical facilities there if they get a cold, if they get the flu, you know, for certain things to be if they get injured. But this is really something that goes, I think, to a life issue. That is it really the job of the university to take care of this and to provide these things for students? Uh, what about the responsibility of, you know, of students on campus who get in these situations? These people may have, you know, who knows the situations that they were in? And you may be compounding the situation. I just see this as, as opening a whole different kind of thing that's going to cause, besides the loss of a human life, if an abortion takes place, you know, an intellectual, a emotional trauma on young people that I just don't think is a healthy thing at a Cal State or, or any university system for that matter.
1: Our, our bishops have come out very strongly against this. Mm-hmm. And I want to read to you something from the California Catholic Conference, which uh, speaks on behalf sure. of the bishops of California Californian Aggregate this came out before Gavin Newsom signed the legislation. Uh, and again, the governor before him, who was also of the same political party and had very similar uh, beliefs about the legitimacy of abortion, refused to sign it, but based on the idea that we've already got enough facilities. Sure. To, there's something symbolic, I think, mm-hmm. though, that's going on here, uh, that the the Cal State and UC systems needed to be a part of this. But here's part of what was put out on behalf of the bishops, quote, The California legislature has passed SB 24, uh, a bill that will require all UC and CSU campuses, their health clinics, to make abortion by medication available to students by state-paid campus staff. College-age women, especially those who face life-changing decisions, such as pregnancy, deserve a safe and supportive environment where they can receive appropriate health care and support, including pregnancy counseling and or options regarding ongoing health care, child care, housing assistance, moral support, and adoption. Mm-hmm. This bill will promote only abortion-inducing drugs on college campus. So the first part of their objection is that here we have a woman who presents herself as being pregnant, mm-hmm. a young woman, a young college student on campus, and instead of getting any information about um, what her options might be if she wants to carry this child right. term, uh, what are the adoption options? What's the possibility if I want to keep the child? What do I have that might be available to mm-hmm. help me? This bill only fosters we can give you abortion aids and we can give you chemical abortion in order for you to take care of this pregnancy. Quote, this is back again to what the California Catholic Conference, which again speaks for the bishops, Mm -hmm. was saying, no government-funded institution, medical or counseling center, should ever provide only one set of services. If this bill is truly about providing choice for female students, the state should then also require... And fun, life-affirming services on campus. Offering state-funded abortions as the only alternative to pregnancy undermines the ability of a state academic institution to promote the value of diversity and the empowerment of women. The life and dignity of every person is due respect and protection at every stage and in every condition. The right to life is the first and most fundamental principle of human rights. And I want to come back to that in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. As Catholics, we recognize the sacredness and primacy of human life And we oppose any legislation or attempt to deny the basic human right to life. So this, of course, was put out there. Catholics prayed about it. Catholics Mm -hmm. worked on it. And Governor Newsom signed it anyway. Right. Um, So now I believe it starts in 2023. Okay. But now we're going to have Cal State system and UC system be abortion clinics as part of what they do.
0: Yeah. Again, it's it's something that goes beyond what a university. When you go to university to, to get an education. This is, again, it's its one of those things, Rick, that we go back to that issue of what now becomes acceptable. And it's simply now become part of a comp- comprehensive health care situation. And no one really is talking about the main issue at hand, that is it involves another life. And to not offer any other kinds of options, any of the counseling, again, most of these women, if they're ending in that situation, are probably in a crisis situation. They're not going to get the proper counseling. And, again, once they're done with this, if they go through with this, what kind of follow-up is going to happen when they feel depressed, when they feel sad, when they look at if they're, let's say they're a biology major and they're looking at human reproduction and all of a sudden they realize what they've done. What is the state going to do to provide now counseling for that individual who realizes that? And, you know, what role does the father have in this as well? Obviously, there's no mention of it. it's the woman's right and nothing that the, the man can do at all is any given any rights in that situation either. I just see this, again, as a stepping stone. And as you said, Rick, as California goes, kind of how goes a nation? Will other schools follow
1: suit? It's no coincidence, I think, that uh, not long ago, the Attorney General of the United States, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Barr, uh, gave a speech before Notre Dame, which I'd like us to go over when sure. we we'll come back in a few minutes. But he talked quite a bit about how there's a fundamental shift that's happening mm-hmm. in our society And one of the great targets of this is our education system. And he mentioned uh, there in Notre Dame, he mentioned Orange County, California. one of the problems with that? Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is if you're going to have a debate about uh, human life, you're going to have a discussion about human life and whether or not abortion is right or abortion is wrong, then everyone needs to be a part of the debate Mm -hmm. and the discussion. And what's happened in California has been that when the discussion hasn't gone the way that the secularists have wanted to go, those who have been pushing a secular agenda that includes abandoning a religious set of values, a religious worldview, a Mm -hmm. worldview where there is a God and therefore morality based on God, that the secularists have won. And they don't win in the elections. On the contrary, they keep losing in the elections. Mm -hmm. But they win in the courts and they have won in the Mm legislature, in the legislation where the people who are in the legislature are predominantly sympathetic to that cause.
0: Well, that goes back to, again, educating our own people, Rick. I mean, the legislators in the state of California didn't just get appointed their positions. They were elected by people in our state, which is why it's important. Again, this is part of American history, part of American democracy, is that you need to know who you're voting for and what their stands are. And. Maybe it's, again, our, our job as Catholics, uh, our job as, as part of this radio show is to inform Catholics about what it is and who they're voting for and what their stands on these issues are. Yeah, we don't take a position on parties or anything like that, no. but we can look at issues. And do these candidates for office for the state legislature align with that? Because, again, the on, be honest, Rick, if those people weren't in the state legislature, Governor Newsom cannot by fiat pass a law. He has no authority to do that. So the legislature must do that as well. So it is time for us again. We've been talking about this in the number of times in this program about becoming educated voters and looking at those issues.
1: When we come back, I'd like to do a little education of our voters on this issue. I want to stick with the with this particular issue of right to life and uh, dovetailing off of what's happened to the California university systems. Uh, And then I want to go a little bit in what Mr. Barr was talking about with how our society seems to be changing you're listening to orange county catholic radio i'm rick howick your host with me today is daryl Sakara, and we've been talking about the changes that are going to come to the cal state and uc system which is going to make them abortion providers and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about that Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is a longtime favorite guest of ours, Daryl Sakara. And Daryl, I want to go right back into this life issue. In the debate that has come about life, one of the key issues has been when does life really begin and Mm -hmm. then what does that mean? That's really two issues. When does it begin and then what does that mean? As a society, we have always said that life itself, once we've recognized that someone is alive, Mm -hmm. they have have rights. human being. So we had, I know the governor of Virginia got into real trouble. He's a a doctor by Mm -hmm. trade. He got into real trouble when he said that a child born alive perhaps should not be taken care of as a child born alive and allowed to die if it Mm -hmm. was a child that was intended to be aborted that's essentially what he, where, where he, where some, he went, very right, right and the the controversy that followed from that and justifiably so was oh my god you can't do that mm-hmm. that's murder because once we've recognized that a human being is a human being our laws have always said wait we we protect human beings because there's something sacred about human mm-hmm. beings both religiously and from a cultural perspective we protect human beings once we recognize them as human beings one of the issues in the Roe versus Wade decision, going back all the way to nineteen seventy three where this came out of Texas, and the whole point was that the state of Texas was trying to say that if an unborn child, a preborn child is a human being mm-hmm. and therefore entitled to rights under the Fourteenth Amendment, mm-hmm. the Fourteenth Amendment guarantees that everyone should be given the same rights as everyone else, regardless of what state you're in, or regardless of right. of where you are or how poor you are, how rich you are. Or whether or not you are you are healthy or not, but the fact that you're recognized as a human being gives you certain human rights, and that was what was ruled by Blackman, was that the, the I believe so yeah. the justice who wrote the ruling he said we really cannot know when life begins, therefore <laughs> we have to allow women to have this right to abortion in the Constitution It's not specifically written there it's in the shadow in the pre- mm-hmm. penumbra of uh, well of they the give right that privacy. right to privacy correct So the question becomes, when does life begin? Mm -hmm. And those of us who are on the pro-life side, which should be every Catholic, I know every Catholic bishop is, Mm -hmm. we were just reading in our previous section, the very strong statement from the Mm -hmm. bishops that this law in California that's just been passed, that's going to allow the UC and Cal State systems to provide abortions, how wrong that is based on the Catholic faith of the sacredness of human life. But when does life begin? That's a good question. Let's take it from a secular perspective mm-hmm. for a moment. There has just been published a dissertation from the, uh, University of Chicago. Now, most people who know universities yes, know the University of, the of Chicago
0: research institutes in the nation. It's, it's one of the, the greatest
1: universities in the world as far as its reputation goes. Right. And this was done by Stephen Andrew Jacobs. Now, I know now Dr. Jacobs, um, cause this was dissertation was accepted apparently but he was already a lawyer and he then went back to get his phd mm-hmm. and the dissertation that he did was called balancing abortion rights and fetal rights a mixed methods mediation of the us abortion debate and the point behind this was that he wanted to see if there was any compromise that could be done mm-hmm. and he he came to the conclusion that the vast majority vast the majority of people in the united states do not believe that abortion on demand should be allowed. The majority believe that under some circumstances, abortion should be limited. Now, what does that mean in general? Uh, It's hard to say. So Mm -hmm. what he wanted to find out as part of his dissertation was, what do the experts believe on when life begins? So he went to the experts. He sent out thousands and thousands of questionnaires to biology professors and biology researchers in the most prestigious universities around the world. And he got uh, almost 6,000 responses back. It's a good sample. That's a very good sample. (laughs) 5,337 of them went one way, and 240 went the other way. 5,337 is 96% affirmed, that human life begins at fertilization. Mm-hmm. Now, fertilization means when the egg and the and the sperm come together right. and combine their DNA. And form a new human being. That's when a new human being forms, according to these biology professors and, and researchers. And that's a standard in every biology textbook, by the way. It would be, because we believe that every other life begins at that stage. Right. That is not at conception, though you can call that conception. Mm-hmm. Most people would say conception includes implantation. Right. right. We're not talking implantation. We're talking at fertilization. That's Mm -hmm. when the life begins because that's when you've got a brand new set of DNA and that's when it begins to divide. And and
0: you have a brand new cell. It's no longer sperm and egg. It's now a zygote. So it's a new, it's given a whole
1: different name. It is its own entity. It's its own. It's identified that way. It is in its most infantile stage. In fact, we can't even use the word infantile for that. As you put it, it's a zygote. Mm -hmm. It's at its, its most premature stage of life but it is when human life begins, according to 96% of the biologists that he's, he uh, sampled. And what was interesting about that, he then gave some more details on this. The majority of the sample identified as politically liberal, 89%, and pro-choice at 85%, and non-religious. I don't know if that quite means atheist, but Mm non-religious at 63%. And then they also asked about a political party, which we won't go into, but also in the same percentage (laughs) rate, really Mm -hmm. high up there. These were people who would normally not be on a pro-life side, and yet their integrity made them respond at a 96% level that life begins at fertilization. Uh, And then he also got some interesting... Emails back from people who were not real thrilled with this question, and it indicated that there were several people who who politically didn't like the question. Sure. Which even raises the question, 96% is almost 100%, but it was Mm -hmm. probably even higher than that. If you've got 96% of biology specialists at the most prestigious universities of the world all agree that life begins at fertilization, which is the very first moment you've got, it's even before implantation. Mm -hmm. How do we not offer human rights under the 14th Amendment? to that person, if we have agreement amongst the professionals now. Well, again, it's
0: interesting you mentioned the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment came out of the American Civil War. What was it doing? The American Civil War fought over the issue of slavery. Were African-American slaves human beings or not? Or were they property? It was decided, and the 14th Amendment was written specifically to recognize them as human beings, the former slaves, so that they would be recognized with full civil rights under the Constitution of the United States. And again, I know I go back to the Declaration a lot of times because the Declaration is the philosophical, if you will, the political philosophy of the nation. And in that document, it states that these are God-given natural rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in that particular order. Jefferson, Jefferson was very specific on that order. Without life, you have no liberty. Without liberty, forget about property. So life becomes the most important so what the biologists are telling us from the scientific perspective is that life begins at conception. That force life begins at fertilization. fertilization me, <laughs> when that, when the the sperm and the, and the egg unite, then it forces people to make that choice, and that's when you talk about choice and non-choice. The choice is either you recognize what's really there or you refuse to recognize that.
1: Ooh, that's well said. Say that again.
0: Yeah, you are forced to recognize what is there, or you're forced to recognize that is not. You know, it really is an important distinction to make, and it forces people now all of a sudden to question their political choices, if you will, or their choices on it, and they just do not want to recognize that truth that stares in front of them.
1: Well, let's back up for just a moment. There are lots of reasons why people, why women want to keep abortion and why mm-hmm. men want to keep sure. abortion legal. Some of them... I don't want to to go into great detail sure. because we were in a a radio program that in, that could get problematic sure. with a, a broad audience of ages. But in the end, when we're what we're talking about is the elimination of a growing child in the womb. Why would you do that? Well, you would do that if, for some reason, you as a woman believe that to eliminate that child is more important than carrying the child. Mm-hmm. So you have to lower its importance. So you're going to talk about it not being a human being. You're going to talk about it being a club of tissues. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about it being something other than a human. And you're going to raise the stakes. This will allow me to continue my career. Mm-hmm. This will allow me to, to not get into trouble with my family. This will allow me to not have financial issues. This will allow me more, more freedoms from the perspective of being without children as freedom. Mm-hmm. Many Catholics would disagree with that, but that's sure. okay. But the, the philosophical, psychological game that is played there is lowering, from a rhetorical perspective, the value of the human being, to, the, of the child inside the womb, to something other than a child. Right. If it is a child, women don't want to abort their own children. Mm-hmm. And if, it is, if there's something that makes it almost a threat, it's a threat to my, my educational career, it's sure. a threat to my regular career then abortion becomes attractive. But if we, A, support women who are in need of support so Mm -hmm. they don't see this as such a threat, and, B, can go back to what the scientists are saying, Mm -hmm. no, this is a human being, and we have a human being at the moment of fertilization, and 5,337 biologists out of 5,700-and-something biologists all agreed it was at fertilization, 96% of the biologists in the world's most prestigious universities agree that it's a human being, mm-hmm. then abortion can no longer be sustained by a society that gives rights to human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's wrong with
0: that? No, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But it, I think what we're seeing again, and this is maybe what, we're, what we talked about in the earlier segment about our Cal State UC system, is human life really valued the way it used to be? You know, I would question that when we look at things like population control and we look at, you know, human beings as causing, you know, a problem on the planet and, and and things like that. I think that whole shift has taken place. So human life is not valued as much. You know, when I talk with students in my classroom. And I say, well, the distinguish between human life and animal life. And they look at me kind of strangely like, well, aren't animals have the same rights? No, animals are not the same as human beings. They do not have the same rational souls; They see, don't have eternal souls. And this is something that I see even in our Catholic schools where this mentality, it doesn't come from our Catholic schools, but they're hearing this through science programs. Yeah. And that's being reinforced at the bio. So we can talk about the biology. But I think, Rick, you had an important point. It's not just the biology. It's the human life. And it challenges us now in the situation where, if a young woman is pregnant on a Cal State or UC campus, cost-effectively, it's more cost-effective for the UC system to have the abortion than it would be to provide child care for that person's child, so the woman
1: can go Plus to school. Prenatal care, care. You know, so it's all of it's that.
0: a it's a cost savings analysis. I think part of it might be besides the political human oh, the like, abortion rights. It is. But. You know, but. What do we want to do? Do we want to support human life? And that means helping those women in crisis pregnancies, supporting them. And again, as parents, you know, not condemning your child, throwing them out of the house. I've heard, you know, we've all heard right. stories about that where, you know, daughter comes home and is pregnant and they get tossed out of the house. That's something that we as Catholics cannot put it with either.
1: So as Catholics, we have that very important side of the argument. We need to to do birth choice. Sure. And work with we, and we do a lot. Of, for, right for unwed mothers and mothers in troubled uh, relationships that are having children mm-hmm. who need the help so they have the support. That is something we have to step up for. Yes. We have to volunteer that. That has to be something that's non-governmental. It has to be something from Catholics, and Catholics are stepping up to right. do that. But again, going back to the
0: universities, where's the universities, and they're stepping up to help those women.
1: When we come back, I want to talk about then why it is that we seem to be seeing this shift to a lessening of the value of human life and Attorney General Barr talked all about that. We will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you from the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. It's Beautiful out there right now. These are the these are the months why I love living in California. You moved away. You're in Arizona now, yes, Daryl. Just across the border. And it's cooler there right now. In Tucson that was than very it surprising
0: is. when I came back. I was expecting to be cooler weather and it's hotter. Oh,
1: but I sure you're enjoying teaching yes. out there and I'm so glad you're able to do that. We have been talking about a very serious topic today. The state of California had the governor sign well the state of California, the legislature passed and Governor Newsom finally signed the bill to uh, authorize the state u c system and the State Cal State system, the universities, to offer abortions to its students. This had always been vetoed by the past governors, including mm-hmm. Governor uh, Brown, and the bishops have been united against this. Mm-hmm. they have said very strongly, this is wrong. we should not be in the business in California of providing those abortions we have We would rather offer the choice to women to be able to raise their children, to go for adoption Mm -hmm. or to be supported. They want to raise their child. How can we help you? And the church has always stood by trying to help. I'm studying Tertullian at a UC school, (laughs) and I'm studying church history Mm -hmm. at a UC school. Mm -hmm. So there's a great deal of of breadth of topic. Now, we're studying it academically, but I can tell you that Tertullian, one of the things he responds to is that we take care of the foundlings you leave behind, Romans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well. We're almost back in that same situation, it seems. We were talking about how we've seen a, a shift, in, almost a callousness toward human life mm-hmm. that has taken on, because there's no question anymore about when life begins. There used to be a question. That was a big issue. Mm-hmm. But we now can see and understand that life begins at fertilization. When you have the the two cells, the male cell and the female cell, come together with their half load of DNA to combine to make one New human being that never Mm -hmm. existed before. And I was just giving you some information from a dissertation that came out from the University of Chicago just this summer, where 5,700 plus biologists from some of the most prestigious universities of the world, 96% of them responded that, yes, life begins at fertilization. Mm -hmm. Now what? And that's really the now what question. If this were... Only a couple decades ago, the now what would be very simple. If we've proven life begins at fertilization, it must be protected because God gave us the right to life, Mm -hmm. liberty and the pursuit of happiness, as we said, but it starts with life. Therefore, we would recognize, as Roe versus Wade originally wanted to do when the lawsuit was brought by the state of Texas in 1973, it wanted to have those rights recognized with the 14th Amendment. But we're not doing that right now. And the question then becomes, since we now know where human life comes from, what's going on? Attorney General Barr gave a very important speech, I think very important, mm-hmm. to the to the law school at the University of Notre Dame, good mm-hmm. Catholic school there it yes. is. Uh, people don't always know the cabinet members in the different uh, presidencies, what their backgrounds are. Mm-hmm. We have a number of of cabinet members that have been part of the current administration who are Catholic. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Attorney General Barr is a Catholic, mm-hmm. and a Catholic in very good standing, and, and gave a speech on the Catholic roots of our society. And he was making the case in this speech, I know you have a, you've had a chance to read yes. it, he was making the case in the speech that we're seeing a divide in this country where secularists, people who actively don't believe in God by choice, they don't believe in God, and that's actually an act of faith, he points out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's... <laughs> They don't believe in God, they they are actively trying to change the rules of our society so that the 85% or so who do believe in God can no longer comfortably place the morality based in God. Mm-hmm. Did I summarize that
0: okay? Yeah, I think so, Rick. I think, you know, he's getting at the heart and a lot of his speech focused on education and the role that education plays, particularly, you know, Notre Dame's law school that these are young attorneys going out there who must fight for, you know, religious freedom in our country. And it's not just for Catholics. I mean, religious freedom speaks to all people of religious faith. And kind of what I'm seeing is a moving away from that religion is, and this goes to our discussion earlier about science, that science can answer all these questions. Well, science can tell us when human life begins. It can't tell us the value of human life. That's something that faith and morals and belief in God really speaks to us about. You know, and our country was founded on that, this basic, you know, while not per se founded in Christianity, it was founded on the principle of morality and a morality based on God-given rights. And if we remove that foundational level in our society, then it becomes, as Dosievsky says, anything becomes possible now. And I think we're seeing that, the, the fruits of that, so to speak, in our, in, in California, in this recent legislation, that we're just losing the value of what it means to be human, and our educational system is failing on that level.
1: So if we're looking at the the essential difference here, we're basically talking about belief in God versus not belief in God. Mm-hmm. And if we wanted to play this out a little bit, if our rights are founded on our dignity that was created in us by a creator who's beyond us, a God, mm-hmm. then no matter how hard we try, we can't destroy that image of God in us. Mm-hmm. And we therefore will always have those rights. Mm-hmm. If God created us with these rights, then no human being can take them away. Mm-hmm. as opposed to if our rights are given to us by, say, a legislature or by democracy or by the will of the people, then those rights could be voted away. Mm-hmm. What the legislature giveth, the legislature could take it away. Right, right. So I've heard people sometimes say, OK, so you're talking about Nazi Germany. Or people can't relate, I don't think, especially our young people, mm-hmm. to those kinds of cultures. They can look today, though, at what's going on, say, in a place like China. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to denigrate. The Chinese culture in general, but I do want to talk about some of the politics and the moral structure of the politics today for just a moment in China. Mm-hmm. In China, the official policy is atheism. Right. And the rights of the people are given to you by the government. Right. And in fact, the people are taught to be atheistic. There's a large number of non-believers in mm-hmm. China. They have today a system they're putting in place where they're putting up millions of cameras around the country to watch you and do facial recognition so they see you all the time, Mm -hmm. and they know when you are doing what you're supposed to be doing as a citizen and identifying that and logging that in as as plus points, kind of merits. Mm -hmm. And then they're also watching you when you cross the street against the light and when you do bad things, and those are demerits, and the system is giving you scores and systems, mm-hmm. kind of like he, um, you know, the the old Santa Claus is coming to town. So he he knows that you've been sleeping, right, right. he knows that you're awake, he knows that you've been good or not. So be good mm-hmm. for good's sake. Well, in this case, it's it's all these eyes in the sky who are mm-hmm. watching this, and there are some Chinese that are atheists who are saying this is a great system mm-hmm. because it's going to keep everyone good because they know someone else is watching. Right. What does that sound like? Well, they're creating a God. They're creating a God. God. A, a,
0: a, an overseeing eye, which, Grant, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's not the Christian conception of God. God no. doesn't overwatch us and yeah. look to punish us. You know, no. God loves us. It's it's not just in the cameras, Rick. It's also everything, the whole social media. They got get together with Google, and they did all of these things that were trying to make, basically make social media scores. So what you post on social media, uh, anything you do on Twitter, all this is being monitored, and your score is based on. So ideas, even if you're not caught by camera, ideas that are expressed electronically are also monitored.
1: So your privileges, you get more privileges if you have a higher score. Correct. It's almost a, a karma-type thing going on it, well, in a yeah. way. It's actually, that's not how karma yeah. works, but that's kind of the Western, underst- mm-hmm. anyway. So, but yet, nevertheless, these are given by the government, these merits and demerits, and the rights of people are given by the government in China. They can also take them away. They can force right. you, as they did for about three decades, to to sterilize women and to force abortions mm-hmm. of women in the one child policy, which they've relaxed quite a bit. But, they but still, that's, I
0: think, for a practical reason, you know, boy, reason, it's not well, because of a moral thing of allowing people the choice to have their children.
1: And they made a deal which has been very controversial with the Catholic Church, for example, mm-hmm. uh, which has allowed for the recognition of uh, of Catholics in the country under certain circumstances. But they've reached no such deal with Muslims in the country. We've mm-hmm. got in one section the Uyghur community, which is a Muslim community. We've got between one and two million Uyghur Muslims who are in concentration camps today. Mm-hmm. Who are they're, they're calling them reeducation camps, but the people who've escaped them have described them as concentration oh, yeah. camps. Mm-hmm. So that's their their terminology, and this is where they're being taught that Islam is is not real, and they're forced to eat pork, and they're they're forced to parrot phrases about how great the state is, Mm -hmm. or so these escapees have said, to be be fair. And if that's what they're doing, this is what you get from a society that bases your rights on what human beings can vote you. Mm -hmm. Or you have a society like what was founded by the founding fathers, which was God-given rights.
0: Well, again, our government was founded on a proposition that... These are natural human rights given to us by our Creator, whatever that Creator might be. You know the, the, they're, Most of our founding fathers were more deist than they were, you know, Christian in that in that outlet. But again, they were looking from a perspective that these are things which are inborn; they're innate within ourselves. That what government is supposed to do is to protect those rights, not that they give them to us, but they protect those things. And again, you read the Declaration: when government ceases to do that, the people have a right and a duty to change those governments in that way. Now, that's not going to happen in China. No matter what the, the people are going to, to do, the government is in charge. They hold all of the power, right. uh, whether that's political or military or the threat of force. And the history of the Chinese people since the Communist Revolution, that's been the case. You step out of line and, you know, you end up in a, in a camp,
1: i.e. The, the Uyghurs. And I know you know what we're speaking of. Yes. I know your family has a yes. background from there. They were missionaries back <laughs> yeah, they, they, years ago. Yeah, my parents were
0: both born in Shanghai, okay. yes.
1: So I, I want to go back to what Barr was saying because we're going to run out of time in this segment. He was saying that we've got a group of people now in the in the United States that has risen to ascendancy amongst the courts and amongst the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and amongst many in in the political, what, what you almost would call the deep state. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into a lot of that sure. language because mm-hmm. it becomes very politically charged, but people who are part of government, mm-hmm. who take on this idea of what he calls, what Barr calls the misapplying of the Establishment Clause mm-hmm. of the First Amendment, so that it discriminates against people of faith instead of protecting people of faith and impinges upon their free exercise of religion. So people are being forced to bake cakes for events that they fundamentally believe are wrong and immoral, I can't do it, you can find someone else that can do it, or flower arrangements or whatever. And there's a a movement now to try to force anyone Mm -hmm. who's going to offer marriage, has to marry anybody, whether they're male and male, female, female, whatever.
0: Whatever combination might be coming down the future.
1: And, and this goes back to again, how do we apply the First Amendment? And mm-hmm. Mr. Barr is making the case that this was actually something that was foreseen by our founding fathers. Mm-hmm. That the greatest threat we have, in fact, he, he quotes it here in his, uh, speech. The challenge we face is precisely what the founding fathers foresaw would be. Our supreme test is a free society. They never thought the main danger to the republic came from external foes. The central question was whether, over the long haul, we could handle freedom. The question was whether the citizens in such a free society could maintain the moral discipline and virtue necessary for the survival of free institutions, unquote. And then what mm-hmm. he was basing that on was either we hold to a morality based in God-given rights or we abandon God and we therefore abandon morality. Mm-hmm. That's where he seems to be going.
0: Yeah. And again, it goes back to that fundamental understanding of freedom of religion, freedom from religion. And I think we're shifted in it's one little word, but it means a whole different, you know, meaning behind it. Freedom of religion allows me to practice live and let live. And it's no longer live and let live. It's now live and live according to my thing. So it's freedom. What we're seeing is a freedom from religion as opposed to freedom of religion. And again, how much of we as Catholics have kind of bought into that system and said, oh, we're okay until it kind of gets to our own freedoms and our own ability to practice our faith, whether it's in our schools and our churches. Now we're trying to see some of that coming against us, whether it's, you know, it's the Sisters of the Poor and the contraceptive mandate. We're, we're asked a challenge now. And we've allowed this kind of take place. And again, it goes back to, as we've talked about in other segments, educating ourselves and who and what we're
1: voting for. When we come back, there's a number of different issues that come up, including things directly about Orange County. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today has been Daryl Sakara And, Daryl, I want to thank you for driving all the way out from Arizona yeah, to be with us. No problem. And thank you for taking the time to do all the research necessary to, to deal with this. We've been talking about very weighty subjects with a lot of written material. Mm-hmm. What the bishops have said about uh, abortion, what they said specifically about making abortion available through the University of California and Cal State University systems, why the Catholics have been against that, why uh, its passage is is so fundamentally abhorrent mm-hmm. to what Catholics stand for. And that actually we no longer really doubt when life begins. It begins at fertilization. We've got thousands of biologists who have come out and said that. So the question is, what do we do about it mm-hmm. as a society? If we believe in God-given rights, then we protect those children. And abortion really should be outlawed in our mm-hmm. country. If we believe in no God-given rights, but human rights given by human beings, then you can do whatever you want to because it's human beings that make it up, as Mm -hmm. we see in China. So I I come back here. I'm looking at what's been going on in our society. He has a section here about halfway through his speech where he gives a couple of statistics. Mr. Barr does. Mr. Barr is the Attorney General. He gave a speech in front of the law school students at University of Notre Dame. And in that speech, he said that in 1965, this is a quote, 1965, the illegitimacy rate was 8%. In 1992, when I was last attorney general, not me, but Mr. Barr, mm-hmm. uh, it was 25%. Today, it is over 40%, and in many of our large urban areas, it's around 70%. That's <laughs> that says <That's> something. something. <laughs> he says, along with the wreckage of the family, we are seeing record levels of depression and mental mm-hmm. illness, dispirited young people, soaring suicide rates, increasing numbers of angry and alienated young males, an increase of senseless violence, and a deadly drug epidemic. And he specifically says, as all of you know, over 70,000 people die a year from drug overdoses. That is more casualties in a year than we experienced during the entire Vietnam War. And he then goes on to say, these are the bitter results of the new secular age. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not just a philosophical argument. No, it's
0: a human issue, Rick. And again, if we go back to we cannot value life at its most innocent and its most vulnerable, what society is going to do that? You're going to end up in that situation. If no one is is valued from the moment that they're conceived, then life almost becomes meaningless. And we're seeing, I think, a direct result of that. You know, St. John Paul II talked about the culture of death. This is what we're seeing. The culture of death is resulting in these kinds of of illnesses and things in our society. When everything is dependent upon what we in material the material world can can gain, when government gives us all these things, when you don't have a belief in God, you end up in a desperate situation and you do not have the answers. Only God has the answers. And if you try to find the answers for yourself, you'll never be successful. I think we're seeing a result of that. It's not just a sexual revolution. It's the dethroning of God and the devaluing of human life that makes us, in that sense, given those statistics, we're seeing the result in our society.
1: And the ground zero, as he puts it, is in our educational system. Sure, yeah. In this particular case, uh, what the bishops came out so strongly against was the acceptance of abortion at our universities Mm -hmm. in California. That's at the university level of education. Right. But as he pointed out in his speech, this goes down to the youngest, and he specifically talks about Orange County. Mm -hmm. He says, quote, ground zero for these attacks on religion are the schools. To me, this is the most serious challenge to religious Mm -hmm. liberty. For anyone who has a religious faith, by far the most important part of exercising that faith is the teaching of that religion to our children, the passing on the faith. There is no greater gift we can give our children and no greater expression of love. For the government to interfere in that process is a monstrous invasion of religious liberty. And yet he goes on and says, a number of public schools, Mm -hmm. we're not quoting now, this is a summer, a number of public schools have adopted a curriculum that's incompatible with religions and Mm -hmm. not giving parents the right to opt out. Mm -hmm. And he specifically talks about New Jersey and then Orange County. He says, Mm -hmm. thus, for example, New Jersey recently passed a law requiring public schools to adopt an LGBT curriculum that many feel is inconsistent with traditional Christian teaching. Similar laws have been passed in California and Illinois, and the Orange County Board of Education in California issued an opinion that, quote, parents who disagree with the instructional materials related to gender, gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation may not excuse their children from this instruction, unquote. That really is to me,
0: Rick. That's that's for again here in Orange County. That is really a scary proposition to be heard, but it's happened. I know it's happened, and I know those these are situations that come around our state again, having moved and living in Tucson. A similar thing came up in the Tucson Unified School District, and the parents again, the parents went to the school district and protested and they didn't pass, they didn't make that ruling. They said, We'll take it under consideration again. It goes back to the power of the parents. If the parents in Orange County see this as an invasion of their kids' religious education and incompatible. compatible, then those voices must be heard. That's democracy in action. not saying mob rule. I'm not saying go up there and storm the offices of the Orange County Educational Department. But we need to, as a church, as a community, when we see these things happening, I mean, it's one thing to teach. It's not saying that you can't opt out of it. That's draconian to me. That's a scary thing to me. And it goes back to what Attorney General Barr is saying, is that we need to take charge of our education, which is why, again, I've worked in Catholic education. Rick, you have a background there as well. By the importance of Catholic education is so important today, it was, again, founded historically because we were losing our faith.
1: And this really isn't trying to touch on the ability for people who believe they're one gender or another gender mm-hmm. to have those beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's a very touchy subject sure. in throughout academia. But you're talking about psychological belief systems mm-hmm. that are separate from the biological reality of a male sex and a mm-hmm. female sex and what those mean sure. from a moral perspective. And, and that really illustrates the difference going mm-hmm. on here. This is a religious issue, and it comes down to are we going to be forced to have one religious perspective, or are we going to be allowed to keep and teach our children... Mm-hmm. Another religious I just I just look at it,
0: you know, if we're talking about elementary school kids whose minds really haven't formed one way or another with regard to their sexual orientation or whatever. They really don't think about that. You know, you and I Rick have had younger kids. That doesn't really come up. I think pushing this on young kids at this age is to cause confusion when there shouldn't be. I mean, young kids should be playing with one another. They should be learning arithmetic. They should be learning to read. They should be and this is stuff that again, these are questions that may come up later. And if that's the situation, you know, and unfortunately I think some of that is broken out in those statistics where you've got broken families, there's a lot of questioning. And again, this is where we as a church can come in to help, even if we cannot provide education for all of them, a family-based thing to help families that are suffering through this brokenness.
1: Well, and and that's my point is what you just articulated is a fairly standard Catholic position Mm -hmm. that is no longer tolerated Mm -hmm. in many places. I know San Francisco, for example, recently just passed a rule that says it will not do business with 22 states mm-hmm. because they have anti-abortion laws on the sure. books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we say anti-abortion, meaning that they have any some sort of a limitation, mm-hmm. like within the first trimester or with sure. the RP mm-hmm. law, that type of thing. And that is not something that that we as Catholics can have any choice over. Mm-hmm. If you happen to work for an organization, a public school, or a in in I know for example in the UC system. I'm forbidden to travel at, at California expense to those same states. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I wanted to go to a conference, I can't go to Tennessee. I can't go to Texas. I could go to uh, Massachusetts or I could go to New York and have them pay for it. And, but I can't go to, be, and it's not based on anything other than this religious philosophical perspective that is being, that is in the middle of this battle right now. Doesn't that seem like it's anti-university? I mean, if you're talking
0: about diversity of opinion and perspectives, and you're saying you can only listen to one perspective, that doesn't seem to be the mission of the UC Cal State system. It's a great system. I graduated my master's degree in history from Cal State Fullerton. My my wife graduated from Cal State. My my brothers and sisters, UC and Cal State graduates, were a product of the Catholic, of the UC Cal State system. It's a great university system. But what is it telling you as, as, as a, you know, a graduate student, you can't go to, I mean, that seems weird.
1: In the minute or two that we really have left in the segment, I I want to ask, so what? What do we do about this as Catholics? The Conference of Catholic Bishops called for us to try to get Gavin Newsom not to sign it. He signed it. Mm -hmm. But what do we do into the future? I think as a bare minimum, we need to be aware this battle is going on and it's real. Oh, yes, yes. If anyone's saying, oh, you're being paranoid, no, <laughs> it, it really is real, and we gave several examples. If mm-hmm. someone would like to get the uh, the podcast of this, they can go to com and go to the radio tab and pull down this podcast mm-hmm. and listen to it again or send it off to somebody. But the bottom line is we as Catholics need to understand we're under assault. Mm-hmm. Our philosophy, our religion is under assault, and it's by people who are devout secularists, mm-hmm who are in power, who want to destroy our religion. Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's become more and more difficult. You know, parents are going to have a decision to make where they're going to send their kids here in California if you're going to use here at Cal State school. And, you know, I, I kind of put this out there on social media when it first came out, and I said, now parents have a choice. Do you want to send your student to a school that is going to provide this service and your tuition dollars or your fees are going to be paying for this or not. That's a decision that, you know, it can be a radical decision, but it's a decision you must make.
1: And I'm so glad that our bishops have been so strong yes. behind this. I know Bishop Van has been very strong mm-hmm. behind this. This is an issue that will be revisited. Sure. We all want to get along. Sure. We also want to have the freedom to be able to educate our children, mm-hmm. free from being told that we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Daryl, if you'd be so kind as to lead us in a prayer, because I sure think we could use it. Sure.
0: As always, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask and we pray for our society that it may continue to turn towards you in times of trouble, that we may continue to provide for those in need and those in crisis, and that we may be generous of heart to be giving to those people. And as always, we ask these things in your Son's name.
1: Amen. Amen. In the name of the the Father, and of the the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today has been Daryl Sakara. We have been talking about a very touchy subject, on the expansion of abortion providing the, the state of California to the university system of Cal State University and University of California University. And what that means for us as Catholics, if you would like to share this broadcast, um, you can download it at uh, com, and go to the radio tab. And under the radio tab, you'll find about eight of these different radio programs we have. Our premier and big voice of Orange County Catholic Radio is there as one of our tabs. Tab there, go to this program, and you can listen to it again, or send it to someone else. And I guess the last thing I would want to say about this entire topic, this really comes down to our faith. We've seen this before, and Tertullian back in the days of Rome, Rome was intentionally trying to destroy the Christian church, and they were doing so really for small reasons, mostly intolerance. And we're seeing elements of it today, but we're kind of seeing it going the opposite direction. What we need to do as Catholics is to live our faith, kind of the Tertullian option, (laughs) live it boldly. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will see you again next week.